Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey everybody, it's Friday, February 5th, the end of another week. And I'll tell you guys, it's not even just because of our podcast. At, at Friday, I'm ready for the week to be over. I'm celebrating this Friday. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Uh, the same, yeah. Ready for the it's week to be over. It's been a long over. week. Yeah. And, and Brandon's back. You feeling better? Yep. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, some previews or promos to start out our show. Um, we uploaded a podcast of Tyler Buchanan, um, and we talked about the big Amy and Acton announcement, and we're going to talk about this later on the show today. We also talked about Twitch, because Tyler showed me the way to join Twitch, <laughs> and you'll, you'll have to listen to the podcast. I think we've talked enough about Twitch this week, so we love you, Twitch. We'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, so check that out. Lots of other stuff coming over the weekend. I imagine, Craig, you got some reviews coming? Yeah, I think I'm going to have a few a few uh, reviews of, of food shows that I've seen uh, recently. I know we talk a lot about food here on the podcast, so I think I'm going to have a couple of reviews this weekend about uh, shows that I've watched on uh, Netflix and HBO uh, that uh, pertain to food and food competitions. Yeah, and we have also upcoming content. I, I think sometime this weekend I'm, I'm finally going to release my Marco's Pizza review. We kind of addressed that on the show, but... You guys are all anxiously waiting the whole uncut review, so check it out. That'll be on the podcast over the weekend, too. All right. Well, lots of stuff to talk about. Um, Brandon, I can't remember. Everything is, like, molding together. I can't remember exactly when we talked about it, but we were talking about, um, you know, how Ohio is funding its uh, highway system and how we're doing that. And we were talking about because of the pandemic and people aren't driving, the gas tax. You know, Ohio's not really seeing as much of – revenue from it but yesterday as part of this new budget rollout um we're we're looking at increasing vehicle registration fees for 10 bucks a month 10 bucks more a year under dewine's budget plan what do you think about that um you know well it's not great for me (laughs) (laughs) or you or anyone else i'm sure like you know it's already pretty pricey up there like um um and so, um, 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 but you know, they gotta, they gotta have revenue in for the roads and it's roads are kind of a weird thing to fund because you want to like have a good funding model where, 
um, you're you're you know you're having your residents uh, in your state pick up a bol- a good chunk of of that of that uh, revenue um, needed to fix certain maintain and build new roads, but you also yeah. want to also find a way to to capture some of that out of state traffic too. Um, so obviously registrations and whatnot are going to go after the resident. Um, but of course that we, I don't know how many, how, 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 uh, how, how much are out of traffic, um, out of town traffic, excuse me, has, um, changed over the last year or so because of the pandemic. So maybe it, you know, it's kind of a minute thing. If they are driving through the state of Ohio, they mean they are probably still paying, stopping for gas. They are paying a gasoline tax in that sense. So, um, other than that though, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a, it's it's expected. I I haven't been in my car almost all week except for yesterday, and I looked at my, I was a little shocked. I looked at my my gas tank; it was full. It yeah. Was, oh yeah. <laughs> normally I look down and it's it's half empty, and I'm like, I don't want to go and pump gas in the winter. And I was like, look down, like ah, it's full tank. I don't have to pump gas. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm barely driving anymore, to be honest with you. I mean, we've got we've got a nice car and we've got the crappy car. And since I don't drive that much, I get the crappy car. Man, I, I drive maybe once a week now. And, and that's to give my kids a ride to, you know, because they're freaking out being at home all day. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And, and the weird thing about this, too, I'm, I'm looking over a story from Cincinnati Inquirer about this. And they are saying that this tax is more for like services and staffing and everything. So this tax doesn't really specifically pay for, um, you know, get road improvements or everything else. I mean, it's talking about security and, and investigation of crimes at the state house and other state properties, policing at the state fair and the expo center, um, you know, when there's civil unrest, you know, there's got to be details and, um, that, you know, like National Guard and other people and executive protection for the governor and visiting dignitaries. Now, I don't mean to rip on that. I mean, obviously, we need to protect the governor and everything. But this doesn't sound like be specifically road help, you know. So, I don't know. Uh, Craig, I mean, obviously, we got to protect the governor. We, we have to have policing. It's a safe fair. I mean, it's got to come from somewhere. I mean... I, I, I mean, I, I'm with Brandon. I mean, as long as the pandemic goes, I mean, driving's going to be down. We're not getting that much money for, for the roads. I mean, are you okay paying ten bucks more a month for? Well, it's actually ten bucks annually for right. your vehicle registration. Well, I mean, I don't think anybody's ever going to be pleased with having to pay more. I think you're, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head without really saying it. That we're, you know, this money is not going towards roads to kind of make up for the losses we've seen with gas tax, you know, issues with people not driving as much, you know, if it is going to be used for security detail or maybe it might be used for the highway patrol, I think people are going to wonder, well, what am I paying taxes for in the state of Ohio? You know, what's that money going to? Is that not enough? Would it be easier just to raise taxes slightly where it may be cheaper than the extra, you know, $10 a month or the $10 a year for, you know, the registration or, you know, the extra money that, you know, the title fee is going to be $2 more. So, you know, I think people are going to look at this and kind of wonder what are we already paying taxes for if, if, you know, if if this is going towards, you know, 
detail, go, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. If it's not going to infrastructure, which is what the gas tax is going towards, why do we need this in addition to that? You know, so I mean, it looks like it's going to, you know, bring in a, you know, a good extra chunk of money and $127 million is certainly nice for the state. But, you know, I think people are just going to be fed up with, with having to pay more than they already, you know, are, especially during the pandemic. And especially when you're talking about people that don't drive as much right now because of the pandemic. I mean, I'll be, I'll be the first to admit it. I didn't get my tags or I didn't, I didn't renew my tags last year and it, the deadlines kept getting pushed back and kept getting pushed back. So essentially I was able to, you know, drive this entire year without having to renew my tags and I'll do that this year, but, oh, <laughs> yeah. well, no, but that's, again, it was, it was uh, part of the, the, you know, the state delayed it and then they delayed it and then they said, you don't have to. So, you know, some people did because they just, that's the way they do it and they did it online or whatever, but, you know, you can't really expect people to do it when the DMVs are closed and things like that. So, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's an odd decision with how little we, people are driving now. But I guess they've got to find some money somewhere. Well, I would to yeah, add to that, it's like, like, you know, it's weird how the tag thing gets enforced uh, um, throughout the state. You know, especially here in Central Ohio, for some some suburban police officers might make more of a big deal out of it than your local Columbus officer patrolman. Um, I've heard stories where like, you know, um, where a colleague or whatever is driving around, driving around in Columbus, they get into the Worthington suburb. Oh, Worthington cop pulls her over. And he's like, he's like, you know why I pulled you over? Cause I speeding. No, your, your tags are expired. Um, I guess they're really bored up in Worthington, but <laughs> so that's the, I guess that's why some people, I'm just speaking to why some people re renew their tags. Cause it's just like a sure. pain. Well, I, get I get it. Pulled and over. I generally, yeah. And generally I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with doing it. It's just this year was, you know, everybody had a unique year last year with COVID. Yeah. And, yes. There was unique. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they don't pull over for tags in Fremont. Maybe you should go. Well, <laughs> well, again, I'm, I'm following the letter of the law, which Look, if they would have said you need to renew your tags, which at, at first it was there was going to be a renewal deadline. I I, I can't. I think it got pushed back yeah. to like September, and then I think from September it got pushed back um, either one more time or it got pushed back completely to where you don't have to do it. Um, so I'm, I'm not breaking the law, and I, I certainly never would. And I need to have you know a, a clean driving record to work at my job. But you know this is this is what they've they've offered this year and. You know, some people have taken advantage, like me, to avoid the extra fifty dollars or whatever it is to renew your tags. Well, here's the thing: I'm struggling with. I, I joked with Craig about running a foul from the law, but you know, my tags are due on my birthday. But since I don't drive, I haven't taken the time to renew them. And I guess I got to renew them, or I can't drive. Period. But you know, when you don't drive as much, you know, it's not top of mind. So. I don't know. I think I know what I'm going to do this weekend. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing, but I don't know. Um, any other thoughts on the on the vehicle registration? I mean, I think you guys said it. It's never fun. It's something I guess that has to happen. Um, I'm, I'm hoping we can see better use of you know those monies, especially when it comes to road improvements, uh, because I'm hoping as the year continues, we're driving a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I'm. 
I think we're going to still see effects of the pandemic next year, but hopefully it's starting to tail off sometime near the end of the year, and hopefully we're driving more. So, and maybe at least the gas tax will see some improvements for higher roads. I, it, it's tough right now. I've said this to people. I, I think the pandemic is going to affect us even after it's over with the economy. And it's a bunch of stuff we don't even think about now that we're going to see as, you know, our economy continues to move on even after the pandemic's done. So, okay. Well, why don't talk a little bit about this weekend? This is a big weekend. Obviously, it's Super Bowl weekend. Um, but it's going to be really cold. I hear it's, it might be close to zero on Sunday. I guess it's not a big deal. I mean, we're all wanting to stay home. A little bit more of the pandemic because that gonna affect your weekend plans, at all guys. Brandon, how about you? Uh, no, not really. I probably will not really watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's more fun to watch it with people. I usually get a last minute invite to some watch party, um, and then I get there and we don't even watch it at six. We kind of let talk and hang out, and then when it's like probably halfway in or whatever, or Heck, maybe when it's done, we'll just fast forward through all the commercials. And then all the girls in the group are like, but we like the commercials. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's probably – I may want, tune in to watch a little bit of it. But maybe I'll just tune in for the halftime show. That's probably always the one thing I, I tune in for. But, um, yeah, it's uh, staying inside. We've actually talked um, – if, if there was no pandemic and nothing going on – uh, we were talking about possibly getting together with family. I told my wife, I'm like, hey, what, let's bring out StreamYard. And we, and we could have like a little Super Bowl. It won't have to be a podcast, but, you know, you could sit and watch the Super Bowl together. And I'm not sure if she's into that. We'll, we'll have to see. And she's like, well, it's not the same. I'm like, well, it's COVID. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, Craig, any big plans for the Super Bowl? No, uh, just going to stay in and uh, relax this weekend. And, you know, I'll watch the Super Bowl from probably start to finish. And, you know, nothing major. I mean, even if it was nice out, I probably wouldn't do anything. It's, uh, you know, you try to stay safe. and um, But especially when it's zero degrees, I'll probably just try to be making sure my dogs don't get stuck to the snow outside when they go out. I don't know. Hopefully it stay up. Guys, I'm getting to be an old man. We're 10 o'clock when the Super Bowl usually ends sometimes is – ambitious for me to stay up for uh, i know we're not and by by trade which is good we're not a football analysis podcast uh but yeah hey it's a super bowl we gotta give a pick brandon i know you're not looking forward to the game by any means but who do you think is gonna win the buccaneers or the chiefs oh boy it's so tough i'm gonna go and um pick um chiefs yeah i'm just gonna go say chiefs but i know i'm gonna wake up the next day and it's gonna be tampa Right. Craig, how about you? Uh, you know, I think it's going to go back and forth. I think it'll be a good game. I think the Chiefs might pull it out here, like maybe 27-24, something like that. Logic tells me the Chiefs, and if I was betting money, and thank goodness I don't because I wouldn't be all <laughs> money because I, I'm sure I wouldn't bet that well. Um, some reason, I think the Buccaneers going to win. It doesn't make sense. Logic says the Chiefs, but the Buccaneers have Tom Brady and – my goodness, Tom Brady's scary. He's like 44, well, 43. He's going to be 44 soon. And he's still playing like a young guy. And I'm hearing reports of he has plastic surgery because he looks like a young guy. Like when you see him walking around, he does look like a 44-year-old. I'm 46. This is what a 46-year-old guy looks like. And not good. But Tom Brady looks like he's 25. He stepped out of a GQ magazine. And, and again, that's got nothing to do with how he plays in the field. But, you know, somehow – Hard to the old guy's gonna, 
Yeah, the old guy's gonna pull it out. Net, a Netflix show actually, uh, or maybe it was a Hulu show. I forget, but had has the secret to Tom Brady's eternal youth. <laughs> it's a show, show called uh, "Living with Myself" or something like that with Paul Rudd. Um, uh, and like Paul Rudd goes to this weird um, uh, spa, and like Tom, he passes to see Tom Brady come out, and he, Tom Brady's looking great and everything. He he's like looks at Paul Rudd, says, "Yeah, I've, I've had six treatments so far." <laughs> and he's like, wait, what? Goes inside the spa and then finds out later, oh, it's an illegal cloning operation. <laughs> they, they clone your body and then they deactivate the old body, buried in the in the state park. Yeah. Well, Paul Rudd's probably the Tom Brady of actors. He's one of those that's, you know, gotten better with age. Everybody thinks he looks younger as he's gotten older. So, well, and we're jealous. He's got a supermodel wife and they live in Florida. So they get to go to the beach with a supermodel wife. And then I heard, too, and my Instagram game isn't too strong, but I hear his, like, wife and former, I don't know if he was married before or former girlfriend, were all praising him. They're all both, like, supermodel types, and they're praising Tom Brady. Man, it's good to be Tom Brady. I mean, usually when you move to Florida, you're 80, you're decrepit, you can't move around. It's tough. Tom Brady is the prime of his life. He's got a supermodel girlfriend. They're on the beach. They're in the Super Bowl. I hate saying this. I'm a Steelers fan. I, I should dislike Tom Brady. I, I like him, but I, I'm jealous. I mean, it's amazing. Well, the Chiefs have an advantage. They now well, need to go find six uh, Tom Brady's buried in the state park and wake them all up and yeah. give them different names. Like, wow, they're bringing out new quarterbacks every every uh, quarter, folks. Well, the Chiefs have a good quarterback, too. and it, it can, On paper, he's better than Tom Brady, but like I said, something about Tom Brady is amazing. And and the last bit of football content, because we're going to talk about the halftime show in a second, but I heard a story. It was interesting. The Chiefs barber, and I'm sure he does more for the team than just be the barber, uh, he got COVID, and they found out that he got COVID as he was giving team players haircuts. And apparently, he didn't get that far in the haircut, and the rumor was superstar quarterback Pat Mahomes was next in line. And if Pat Holmes got to the barber chair, maybe Pat Holmes doesn't play in the Super Bowl. Not necessarily because he would have gotten COVID, but because of close contact with someone with COVID. So, crazy story, I'll tell you. COVID's definitely changed the Super Bowl. I think there's two chief guys that aren't superstars that may not play. And, I don't know, it, it's changed everything. It should be interesting. But we're not here for the football content. Uh, if you really want us to break down football, check out the Steelers podcast. But I'm in for the pop culture. And we're definitely going to talk about the Super Bowl on Monday show, but we're going to barely glance over the game. I don't care how great it might be. I want to talk about the pop culture. And I've been very, uh, how do you say it, upset, concerned about the weekend being the Super Bowl halftime show. And I, I shared with you guys an article because USA Today is saying, what can we expect from a weekend halftime show? And I thought it was interesting. Brandon, anything jump out to you about what we can expect from the weekend? Uh, I, nothing really. I uh, mean, I'll be honest. I didn't really get dive into much. I like to kind of go into my halftime shows with, without much okay. expectations. Um, but, you know, I always think I'm more interested in the fact that they always seem to pick a sort of a singer that was really popular, really. Like everyone just talked about the weekend. Or you know this other performer week years and years ago, and then they kind of come back. I know the weekend's still pretty active, but it's seems like a 
a little bit past that time when everyone was just talking about the weekend. But um, no, I you know I expect to be a good good uh, opportunity for him to showcase all of his greatest hits, and we'll move on. <laughs> well, he's got that bandage over his head, and like I said, the light song I haven't heard that much of. I've heard like the "I Can't Feel My Face." I'm not sure if that's what the song's called. I don't know. I mean, I guess the only thing that's going to save it, uh, Craig, is if he turns into the Bruno Mars halftime show, where you didn't know much Bruno Mars, but he kicked butt in the halftime show. You think there's a chance this could happen? Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of the weekend. I think I think he can he can bring a great show to the Super Bowl and. You know, I'm always intrigued to see if there's any, you know, special guests that he may bring out and maybe who he might decide to bring out or maybe who they've paired up with him. But, yeah, I mean, I think The weekend can certainly bring it. He's got some good hits. Uh, Blinding Lights is a really – was a chart-topping hit, and I think that'll be probably, you know, a for-sure song that he plays. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he brings. I think he's going to be entertaining. USA Today is expecting Heartless and Blinding Lights um, are shoe-ins. But then Pandora is saying that, you know, there's songs like Earned It, Starboy, and Die For You from The weekend that's done well on Pandora. So those could be options for The weekend this weekend. You know any of those songs, Craig? Yeah, I mean, you know, he might do a mashup. A mashup I'm not sure how much time he'll have. He might do a mashup of some of those hits and maybe just kind of a – you know, a few minutes of each, just kind of transitioning one to the next, you know. I'm always kind of interested, too. I know the story mentions whether or not he may make some sort of political statement. Obviously, he was a little a little vocal um, about, uh, you know, the Jacob Taylor, uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, Brianna Taylor shooting and the Jacob Blake shooting. So I'm um, kind of intrigued to see if he makes a political statement while also, you know, kind of doing his entertainment. Uh, you know, a lot of his music is, is really, it's really kind of pop like pop, you know, pop music, really, you know, but um, kind of interested to see if he, you know, takes some time to make a statement, too. Brandon, what would it do for the Amy Acton potential campaign if he whips out a big poster of Amy Acton? Like, like <laughs> we want to think that's going to be like a political statement about Trump or maybe, you know, Black Lives Matter. What if he goes completely off the grid and starts endorsing Ohio Senate races? What would that do? I mean, what would the Amy Acton house be like if they're watching the Super Bowl and the weekend pulls out a big poster of Amy Acton? Oh, man. Can you imagine the PR there? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like the Atlanta dream. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, just kidding. But, um, no, that's um, – um, yeah, that would not, that would be very weird enough to get a lot of attention and a lot of talk. Um, would be a nice little start to the – to the campaign movement. <laughs> and we're definitely going to break it down Monday because, again, we're, we're more concerned about the pop culture. Guys, we've got to check out. I'm not watching a six-hour pregame show, but we got to find this on YouTube to talk about on Monday, the Molly Cyrus TikTok, because I'm sure it's not going to go six hours. It'll be sometime in the pregame show. I'm, I'm fascinated about that, too. I, I guess the last thing we could say, any picks on who the special guest would be? I mean, it doesn't have to be a special guest. It was weird. The USA Today story didn't even mention a special guest, but that's usually a staple about the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, it could be anybody, I'm sure, but who are you hoping, Brandon, to be the weekend special guest, the person he'll bring out? I have no idea. I never really paid much. I don't know. I, I that's That's like 
that's like a huge list. I would even it basically like a, you could maybe narrow it down to someone related to the pandemic or related to racial justice, but that's that's where I, I would feel like the, that's the best way I can narrow the list down or something. Yeah, even from a musical artist, because you, usually like just one musical artist that comes out. It's, it's usually a retro person. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about something Bruno Mars. different. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, well, yeah. I, let me rephrase. Like, is there a hope for a, a musical guest that he brings out for like a song or half a song or something? Um, I don't. Know. I mean, it literally could be anybody. I mean, it's not like we, it's got to be a buddy of the weekends. It could be me for all of we know. You yeah, could probably else? maybe, and that in that, that sense, um, you can look towards um, um, um. You know, maybe who he's done collaborations with in the past would be a safe bet, but um, I, I, have, I, like I say, I just kind of go in with no expectations uh, with these halftime shows, and I just go in and kind of listen and get real, and then just kind of see what kind of music they put out. Some of it, if it's familiar, that's great. If it's new, that's also great. You know, it's kind of like more the choreography and how that's what's really more interesting. I don't know. I think it's like really the best halftime shows are ones where you don't have like a three or four artists all together and just be like that um, um, Levine Levine one they did a few years back that was just kind of weirdly weirdly put together. So, what? Well, yeah, I think last year, I mean, they had two artists, you know, Shakira and J Lo, but I don't think they had any special guests last year. Uh, Craig, you, well, you seem to be. Oh, I'm sorry, Brandon. No, oh, man, maybe you're right. Maybe it was Shakira. I'm thinking of a different one. Never mind. <laughs> well, Craig, you're a bigger weekend fan than probably Brandon, me, and half of Ohio put together. I mean, you're a huge weekend fan. Uh, uh, do you have any hopes for a special guest? I mean, I'm not. I'm actually kind of one of those people that doesn't really like the special guests at Super Bowl performances. Uh, you know, I think kind of, I think Brandon kind of touched on it with sometimes they're awkwardly put together and they don't really make sense. So. I, I kind of just prefer unless he has <clears throat> a song where he has a collaboration and they want to bring that you know that musician out to cl- you know f- to fin- you know complete the song as the collaboration does that's fine but I guess you know he you know he's he's Canadian he's friends with Drake maybe you might see Drake I mean that might not be a bad fit with uh, you know a couple Canadians rocking the stage here in uh, America's game who knows. I have no idea if they even know each other, but I'm a big retro guy, and I guess it applies more to me because I'm 46. I'm the get-off-my-lawn guy. I'm like, who's this weekend? And, you know, <laughs> Katy Perry. You know, I'm like, who's this Katy Perry? Uh, but then they bring out Missy Elliott, and I'm like going, woo, because I'm an old guy, and I love that. How about Boys to Men? I, I haven't heard that much from Boys to Men recently. And, like, every time, like, the Backstreet Boys reunite for a song, everyone gets all excited. What about Boys to Men coming out for a song? I don't know. That could be jazzed up. That's my pick. And like I said, there's no way we can know for certain. Who knows? It could be Dave Grohl. It could be Red Hot Chili Peppers like was for Bruno Mars the other day. I don't know. I just like speculating who it might be. Yeah, it seems more likely that they might bring out somebody that maybe maybe Drake wouldn't be an example because, you know, maybe they'd want to bring out someone that kind of, you know, caters to a different audience, like, a, you know, rock and roll fans or pop music fans, whatever it may be. So it's possible that if they have somebody, it might be somebody completely opposite of him, maybe that he's friends with. I, I mean, I looking under some of his, like, associates or people that he maybe has worked with or knows, you know, 
Lana Del Rey is, you know, a musician that he apparently knows or has worked with. So maybe she might make an appearance and, you know, who knows? I mean, it's just, you never know. I guess that's kind of the intrigue of the uncertainty, but I'm always kind of in the mindset where if you have a, you know, an act, let that be the act. You know, I must, I'm, if I was the act, I don't know if I'd want to share the stage, even though you might put on a better show, but you're also like diverting some of the attention over to someone else instead of yourself. How about Brandon, the great unifier, Garth Brooks? You know, <laughs> hey, he, he brought the country together when he appeared at Joe Biden's inauguration. Oh, man, if Garth could be at the Super Bowl playing the song with The weekend, this country would be unified, Brandon. I mean, we wouldn't have anything to worry about Monday. Do you agree? Um, you know, that's something to about Garth Brooks. Yeah. Everyone keeps telling me he, his rendition of um, Amazing Grace wasn't as good. I don't know. Like, he was a little flat or something. I, like, you mentioned someone told you that, and folks on my side, I don't know if it really did bring America together. Maybe just on, like, his singing quality. I don't know. Um, for that maybe, particular... Maybe tore us apart. I don't know. <laughs> and then Amanda Gorman, the, the poet, did a great job of inauguration. I think she oh, did right. something there's like a guest, there, There's a special guest, Chris. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's actually doing the uh, a poem right before the game with some of the first responders. But who knows? Maybe they'll bring her up for the halftime show too. You know, yeah. the weekend could play behind when she's doing a poem. Yeah, actually, kind of sounds cool. I would, I would like to hear that. So, hey, weekend, don't steal my idea. If you steal my idea, obviously, you've been listening to the Ohioan, I guess. So, yeah. hey, I wanted to talk about this. This kind of came out of left field at work yesterday, and. It shocked me. It shocked a lot of other people. Uh, Tyler Buchanan had a lot of thoughts about this on our podcast last night, and I definitely want to bring this up today. Amy Acton, uh, we were speculating uh, for the past couple weeks that the Democrats were going to Amy Acton saying, do you want to run? Do you want to run? And at least to me, I kind of felt that I'm not sure if she was in the running for U.S. Senate. Well, she took a huge step forward. Uh, she stepped away from her job at the Columbus Foundation. Uh, this is where she went to after she left the Ohio Department of Health. And, you know, as Tyler told me last night, she's putting out statements through a political consultant. So Tyler's told me last night, she's running. You know, she, he's like, we, I know we don't know for certain, but she's not stepping away from her job and making political consultant statements unless she's running at all, which I'll tell you, it's interesting. Now, this article talks about, man, her approval rating sky high. Uh, Tyler's telling me last night that, yeah, Tim Ryan, another guy that we're thinking might be interested, doesn't have that much money in his war chest. I mean, that's what kind of sunk him last time as he ran for president. So, you know, we're openly talking about it. It looks like Amy's going to try and make a run for it. Brandon, were you surprised as I was about this? I didn't think she was even going to go this this far. Ah. I could kind of see why you're not surprised, why you're a little surprised, but I mean, there was there was seems to be a lot of enthusiasm or excitement from the Democratic end, which believe me, in Ohio, that's that's tough to like um, to achieve, I guess, in Ohio politics today. It doesn't seem like we've, like I said, we've gone tipped off everyone who seems likely candidate, and the only other candidate that seems to generate some excitement, as Amy Acton would, would be Tim Ryan, only because you know. Um, blue collar uh, kind of appeal, populist Democrat, um, concert, a little bit more center right or center left in that sense, and um, um, and that. Uh, whereas Amy Acton, though, I think you know because she you know 
you know, worked under a Republican governor, was kind of the face for a while, for a bit uh, during the pandemic. I think, you know, that resonated with, you know, some Democratic voters and also Republican voters to some extent. Um, Trump Republicans, maybe not so much, but, um, you know, she's got a bet. She seems like from that perspective, she seems like she has a, at least some chance of, um, you know, winning broad support across the state in a, mind you, in a state that's seemed, that really voted heavily for Trump. Um, you know, like Trump, like people clearly said, Ohio was not competitive. It just wasn't, it wasn't even close. So, um, yeah, I, stepping away from her job, I, I don't, if she really w- wasn't certain, really wasn't, hasn't really decided, I would, she would have, I don't know, I don't think she would have stepped away from the foundation role. And the foundation had no comment. I would tend to think if she woke up this morning and goes, oh my gosh, I can't run, I'm sure the foundation would take her back. I, so, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, she stepped away, she resigned, but I, I'm sure, you know, she would have a job, I guess, if she changes her mind. But again, you know, from what she did, it seems kind of pretty clear, at least her motives. Um, Craig, the million-dollar question. We talked about this a couple days ago. Uh, Todd and I talked about last night. We don't have any answer. But is there any idea where Amy Acton stands on the political line? I mean, you know, she's a Democrat. Democrats are pushing for her. I mean, is she AOC or is she moderate? I mean, nobody knows. And I think that's going to be a really fascinating question. Yeah, I mean, that's the big mystery right now. And, and you know, we, talk, you, we talked about this the other day about her approval rating and how people just seem to love her. And that's great. And I think that's true. But, you know, it's easy to love her when she's, you know, sort of the compassionate mother figure on these on these conference calls or on the, you know, on the uh, the virtual press conferences. But the, the big thing is, what are her policies going to look like? Where does she stand on policies in the state of Ohio? That's going to be the, the truer indication of if people are going to vote for her. And right now, no one knows any of her, really, her stance on, on anything other than wearing masks and, you know, how to combat the, the, the pandemic. So it's it's I think she could do well. I, I mean, it's possible she could win. And I can understand why maybe the Democrats would want to get behind her because, She's got a lot of name recognition, even more so than some of the other candidates out there. And and maybe they want to hitch the wagons to a popular, you know, a popular candidate. And, you know, based on what's happened, it looks like she's probably going to run. And I think the big thing now is, can she get Republicans on board that or, or people that are anti-mask, anti-coronavirus, that you know would vote for her because of maybe what she says about other things other than the pandemic or health related issues and that that's where she's going to be able to justify running is knowing that she can cut through some of those people that didn't like her that were protesting in front of her home that you know seemed to badmouth her on social media so i'm sure she's got a great you know outpouring of of support from people but there's also people that don't like her and we're glad to see her go Two thoughts, Brandon. One, I think she's got to wear her white coat during her campaign and if she makes the Senate. I mean, it's going to look weird. And not that she's going to not dress appropriately, but, you know, if she's wearing anything else, it's going to look weird. I mean, we're going to be like, where's that white coat, Amy? Come on, bring it out. But secondly, more seriously, I guess, I would say that she's got to, since nobody knows how she feels other than her friends and family or um, you know, she's volunteered in some political committees before. 
would that be the temptation? Because I would think that with her appeal to moderate voters, that she would have a really good chance if she was a moderate Democrat. Should she consider that? Because, again, who knows where she's at, but even if she's more progressive, do you think it would make sense for her to adopt a more moderate policy? Because she may be very hard to beat if she comes out that way, which is definitely Democratic, but more moderate than AOC Bernie Sanders like. I think it's going to be clear she's going to be probably not an AOC or Bernie Sanders Democrat. At least I don't. Yeah. I, I, from all what I've seen from her, that apparently she volunteered, for instance, to camp of her as a you know volunteer for Demer, uh, Barack Obama's campaign back in the day. I think it's like it seems more like a more maybe uh, kind of in that Democrat in that vein at least. Um, I I think she'll probably be traditionally Democrat on some social issues. Um, and But it's really, so yeah, it'll come down to physical policy where we'll need to hear more about what she wants to do for the Ohio worker. Um, obviously there was this, that was kind of the root of the, the contention of with the shutdowns is because that really put a lot of workers um, in a very tough spot. Um, and obviously kind of the result byproduct of just, you know, how the federal government and the states have coordinated or uh, how they've coordinated in response to the pandemic. And, you know, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of questions, but I'm sure, you know, if Acton's Acton, we, the, the takeaway of course is Acton seems to be serious and she's stepping back from her role. And it's like, it's more than likely she's going to run. And then really at that point, she, it's going to be down to her to really, communicate what kind of push for a message, you know, that she thinks will resonate with voters. Um, and, you know, I hope, but I hope to see, I really do hope to see as many Democrats run for Senate. I don't want, I really don't want anyone to like, I, I kind of get annoyed when I see folks not deciding to run. I think um, um, at least not like there is a, there's a point when too many are running. We saw that with 16 Republicans in 2016, <laughs> but well, um well, Tyler made a really good point. I know yesterday for work, um, and you can see us on Dispatch.com, Cincinnati.com, and all of our Ohio properties. I did a photo gallery of the 15 people that we've reported on there considering it. And, you know, I talked to Tyler about last night. He made a stupid point. He's like, look, there's not a ton of, I mean, Ohio still is a Republican state, and there's not a lot of Democrats out there. And if they all run for Senate, you know, they need to run for governor, they need to run for auditor, treasurer, and all these other places. So I'm kind of wondering, I mean, I, I think Nan Whaley's got her heart set on governor. I, now, she's reportedly still considering Senate, but I think she's making a lot more uh, governor pitches. I mean, if, and again, ACTA hasn't made a final choice yet, but all indications are that she's kind of leaned that direction. You might see acting against Ryan. I mean, I, I think the, the race could be cleared. I, I look at Danny O'Connor. I don't know that much about Danny O'Connor. He's a, a Franklin County treasurer. But, you know, if Amy Acton's running, I mean, I what chances a Franklin County treasurer? I like to see three folks or three to four folks in contention for, for that for that primary. Because Acton's going to need to, like, you know, get into, the, get into that campaign vibe. I mean, if it's less yeah. like if it's primary is just a coronation a formality, I mean, then it's the, the real challenge is, is the, the general election. I, you know what I mean? So I think it's kind of, it, it was kind of the issue we had where you, we saw what happened with the non-competitive 
for I'm just saying from a from from the Democrats' perspective, or if I was a Democrat voter, you know, from you know, if you're seeing um, Hillary Clinton kind of had had some contenders, but really it was like everyone kept saying, "Look, this is clearly going to be a Clinton outcome," um, and that um, you know, even despite Bernie sh- do, having some surprise. Surprising um, outcomes, whether it was uh, Michigan or whatnot in the 2016 primary, but then, of course Clinton lost in the general. But you know it was, and then this recent Democratic presidential primary. You know there were thought there was there, Joe Biden's pre- campaign early was kind of failing, kind of had to step up and you know get back on track and and I think those that uh, those comebacks really helped out with um, him in the general. So. I don't know. I think sometimes primary, there's a bit of a balancing act, I think, with primaries. You just kind of have to, you don't want it to be just a shoe in but I think you also want to make sure it's not, uh, there's too many candidates that's counterproductive. Yeah, definitely. We were taking bets at work, and, and I think I could share this. We were taking bets at work if uh, Mike DeWine had his press conference yesterday, and we were saying, boy, is somebody going to ask Mike DeWine about what he thinks about Amy Acton? I don't know if you guys saw it. He actually did. Yeah. Somebody did, and uh, probably smartly, Mike DeWine declined commenting. He says, hey, I'm not going to comment on Democratic primaries since he's a Republican, but somebody asked that question. It's interesting. Uh, and, you know, if she gets the Democratic nomination, which, again, we, we're speculating wildly, but I think we're a lot closer to seeing her run after announcement yesterday than we were before. So w- lots of interesting stuff. Craig, I got to ask you a conspiracy question. We hate conspiracies. We're yelling at conspiracies. But remember all the people when this pandemic first started and said, Amy Acton's a plant from Bill Gates. Because Bill <laughs> Gates wants to implant us all microchips with the vaccine. That's why she's taking COVID seriously. And she's leading down, us down the, the road to hor- horrifying things. Well, my goodness, guess what the conspiracy theorists are going to say? Not only is she a plant in the Ohio Department of Health, now she's a U.S. senator. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's kind of why I think it's going to be. I I can see the appeal of wanting her to run if you're a Democrat, um, especially in the, in the Democrat leadership, because Ohio right now seems to have, you know, flipped back to Republican, and it seems you know pretty handily Republican. Um, it's going to be a tough race if she. I'm not saying she can't win because anything's possible, but it's going to really come down to her policy. And, you know, and if people can get behind what she's talking about, I think they'll forget about maybe they didn't like her because of the conspiracy theories, or they didn't like her because of her, you know, staunch support of mask wearing and social distancing and shutting down businesses, you know, but I think it's going to be an uphill battle because she became popular because people really love the way she handled the press conferences, but then she's also became sort of the villain to a lot of people because of how she handled the press conferences and that she was telling them to not do things. And, you know, it, it's going to be tough. She's going to have to cut through, you know, not, not just have to win the support of Democrat voters. Cause we don't know, like we said, if she's a, you know, a, a AOC or a Bernie Sanders, or if she's more moderate, you know, we don't know that. I mean, maybe some people do, and maybe the Democrat party in Ohio knows how she's going to be because she's talked about it, but you know, the voters are, are, are is going to carry it through. And I think maybe the more voters we see, during that race, the better off she'll be. But, you know, if she wants to win those, you know, those Republicans or those people that were 
you know, so upset about her, how she handled the masking and social distancing, she's going to have to really bring great policy and, you know, great attention to detail to what she wants to run on. Well, in the final thought, by again, as long as she stays in the race, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot of Amy Acton in the next <clears throat> couple months or so. But, um, Brandon, remember when we had the Amy Acton fan club, uh, one of the admins on the show, and all the creepy messages he was saying he was hearing from Amy Acton fans about how Amy Acton, how everyone's in love with Amy Acton. And I don't know. Ugh. Maybe, you know, people vote for Amy Acton because she's cuter than Tim Ryan. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Oh, that's creepy. But um, cringe. I'm, that's just all I have for that comment, Chris. Cringe. But, um, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, she was, like, kind of, like I said, a constant figure for the first few months of the pandemic. Um you know, I, I do think maybe one thing she could, instead of, I don't know, I think white coat might be a bit too much. And, um, yeah. you know, but what maybe they could, she could do like, uh, in the campaign snacking with acting or something sessions. Oh yeah. Bring, yeah. bring those back, uh, connect with voters that way, maybe virtually, I guess, but, uh, uh, something <laughs> like that. Because you gotta reinvent yourself a little bit. I mean, she's wearing the white coat and, you know, and does everything she does before. I mean, I guess if you love that, you love that, but she's got to appeal to people that say, man, she, she's got to show she's a senator to not just a health director, but, but it'll be weird without seeing her in a white coat. I mean, it's going to be strange and you know, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Uh, Craig, Craig, really quick. Um, because you, you weren't with us when we had the Amy Acton fan club admin. But the, some of the creepiest comments were the man who was like, I confess to my wife that I'm in love with Amy Acton. And he said, is it wrong that I got really happy when my wife said I'm in love with Amy Acton too? And I'm like, whoa, what a weird comment. And the, the other weird comments I saw that made me laugh out loud. And I hate when you say LOL, but it really made me LOL. Where somebody on the site was commenting, I wonder how many restraining orders Amy Acton's gonna have to get once she reads the Amy Acton fan club site, which that made me laugh. That was funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, I thought she did a great job of handling the pandemic and explaining things. My wife loves her. You know, we're not in love with her, but you know, okay. you, we you love the guy that made the comment on this. No, 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 not at all. Look at yeah. Wow, it's no, Craig who made that comment. I, oh my I, thought she did a, I thought she did an excellent job as, you know, for what she needed to do. She explained things. She was compassionate about topics. She wasn't yelling and screaming. I think a lot of people love her for that, and they, they would support her for that. And that's probably why she's in this position she's in right now. But again, she's going to have to appeal to both sides because we know that there's a reason why she's no longer, you know, on these press conferences anymore because she wanted to leave that job because of the harassment and the threats. And, you know, it's probably not going to lighten up when she runs for if she does run for senator. It's funny on that site, um, Brandon, you never see anyone say like any woman say. I'm in love with Mike DeWine, and I confess to my husband, and he's in love with her too. Yeah, yeah, him too. You know, I don't know. The Amy Acton fan club took a life of its own for a while. Hey, just bring him back well, memories. It's all good. DeWine's got the wine with DeWine yeah. segment. I think that yeah. rolls off the tongue better than snacking with Acton, but uh, yeah, I would, I totally, totally bacon use that, use that, use that phrase. Um, I don't know. Maybe she says 
she does she she has the one hey i just need you to stand and stand next to me and not talk um we'll have wine with the wine sessions i'll talk you just you know can hang out and <laughs> that was when they were at their best though too i mean you know you think about how dewine's press conference has gone since then it's gotten a lot more political and you know, I think when when Dr. Acton was there, he definitely could defer to her, and she could answer a lot of questions, and she get, and she did it in a very nice, you know, polite manner. And I think since then, you know, and and I don't know, you know, you could probably ask Tyler about this next time you talk to him. You know, these press conferences have gotten a lot more political and you know, agenda driven, if you will. When Acton was there, it wasn't like that at all. It was you know just detailing the health concerns, and you know. Here's the other thing, too. Will she tweet more? I'm looking at Amy Acton's Twitter page right now, and Tyler and I were jealous. We were talking about this last night. Amy Acton, no tweets, 52,000 followers. And Tyler's like, man, how did she do that? And, and you know, if she tweeted more, she'd probably have six figures by now. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if we'll see more tweets from Amy Acton. Probably not as many as Donald Trump, but yeah, you know, you'll see more tweets, I'm sure, right? Well, I don't think Donald Trump's going to be tweeting anymore, but uh, right. yeah, no, no, he's he's sending letters to uh, Hollywood unions, and then the yeah. press picks it up. Holy crap! He's I got saw that. <laughs> yeah, like he resigned from, I guess, the Screen Actors Guild. There was some talk that the Screen Actors Guild was going to take action against him. And I saw a letter a lot on Twitter yesterday. I'm reading the letter, and this is before I really knew what was going on. I'm like, is this some joke? It was really. <laughs> It was a, a weirdly written letter, and I, I'm like, wow, this is very, very, very former President Trump like. I'll, I'll just phrase it like that. You know, didn't surprise me, but it was one of those things I, I was, I thought it was like the onion I was reading first. It was very strange. So. I almost didn't believe it either. <laughs> definitely. Um, hey, we got a couple of things. I'm not actually going to push them back until next week. Um, there was a, a story about a British boy. Well, yeah, let's talk about the British boy really quick. Um, I thought this was a, a weird story. I included the story from the USA Today. Um, there was this British boy who, I think it's a teen. I'm trying to figure out his exact age. Where He has been in a coma for 10 months. So he would have went into the coma in March 1st, actually. So it's close to 11 months. Three weeks before the United Kingdom first went into lockdown. He's 19. Um, he's starting to regain consciousness. Uh, I'm sure he's probably not super aware of what's happening around him. I thought, man, it's a really sad story. I don't mean to poke fun at the poor kid. He actually got COVID twice while he was in a coma, which I thought was interesting. I, I wasn't sure you could contract COVID when you're unconscious, but apparently he had. Man, uh, Brian, I thought it was fascinating. Um can you imagine being going into a coma? And again, it wasn't for COVID; it was for whatever else he had. But waking up in this world wouldn't have been stunning. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my headset was losing battery. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, can you imagine going into a coma before COVID happened? Because I'm sure in February we were talking about, hey, there's something coming, there's something coming. We're not sure how bad it was going to be like, you know. I mean, I, I bet people back before COVID started were like, maybe it's like Y2K where we're really afraid, nervous, and it doesn't turn out to be anything. And then lo and behold, the, you know, obviously we're here where we're at now. Can you imagine being in a, co in, in a coma for the first 10 months of that and waking up and going, dang, wouldn't that be a culture shock? Yeah. 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 Um... 
that would that would be a culture shock. You look, you just wake up and it's um, oh yeah, we're in the you're in the apocalypse, buddy. And uh, yeah, and he's like, what? Yeah, there's a pandemic around. It's COVID. It kills some people. It, it doesn't affect some people. It makes some mild symptoms for some people. What? And then you're like, oh, also you had COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would I would almost put me back in a coma to be honest. Um, but it's uh, that's a fun story. I, I, I mean, not really <laughs> in a grim in a grim way. Right. Um, I might need to use it for my book. I, I might need to use it for my book, Chris. Um, yeah. Deaf kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, Craig, I was thinking. I'm starting to life had a really funny sketch a couple weeks ago, where they had people in. I think it was like 2019. Go to a fortune teller, and the fort, and they're like, "Man, 2019 was an interesting year. Let's see what 2020 brings afoot." And the fortune teller was trying to explain stuff happening in 2020, and the people in 2019 were like, "What?" You know, like she was like, "You would be scrambling for toilet paper," and, and the 2019 people were like, "Oh, I don't know. It's kind of funny." Man, I tell you, you know, funny in kind of a grim way, but man, you know, Brandon's already stealing the idea for his book. I mean, I think this alone would make a fascinating movie. You know, about yeah. it's how Death Kid gets his powers somehow. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it's kind of an interesting story. I mean, I guess at, at the very least, he was a you know, he was still around before the coma, you know, to know that it existed. But obviously, he would have never had probably been able to guess how serious it would get and, and obviously getting it too. You wonder, um, you know, how he got it. I, I'm sure it might've just been from some contact interaction with, you know, family or maybe just being in a hospital, but uh, yeah, it's gotta be kind of unique to wake up <clears throat> 10 months later and find out things have changed. I, I kind of, not, not similarly equated, but it sort of equated to when a prisoner gets out after 25 years in prison and right. they don't know what, you know, GPS is, or they don't know what smartphones are, or they don't know what, you know, Siri is or anything like that. So it's kind of like a fish out of water when you're, you're waking up and you're thinking everything's probably fine. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, the economy's terrible. You can't go out. There's no toilet paper. You know, people are, you know, complaining about everything. There's curfews. So it's got to be, you know, sort of a culture shock waking up to that. Yeah, I mean, I guess his aunt, um, they took this off a Guardian article was saying she she doesn't know where to start from it because, like, they were asking, hey, how are you going to tell them what's going on? And, you know, she made the point that we made, you know, she's like, a year ago someone told me what was going to happen over last year. I don't think I would have believed it. I have no idea how he's going to come and understand how we've all been through. And I guess he was hit by a car. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, and at the time, United Kingdom just had 23 reported COVID cases. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how much he was watching the news at that time. I mean, I'm sure we've heard about it, but it's kind of like Walking Dead. Like you wake yeah. up, like what's going on? Where's everybody? Man, I'm kidding, but uh, oh no, no, I hear what you're saying, but. Uh, not not as bad as probably Walking Dead, where Grimes waking up in the hospital and like, oh wow, there's zombies everywhere. And actually, I've not been been yet. So, um, yeah, yeah. So we wish the kid nothing but the best, man. We gotta get our Booker in touch with the family. It'll be a fascinating story. But I don't know. Well, if you're looking for a name for the main character in the book, you know this guy. Give him a call, Brandon. See if he can use his name or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brain's already stealing his story. And I wonder how that works too, because 
you know, everyone talks about, well, we're going to talk to him and see if we get option into a movie. Well, can't you just change the story a little bit and just take it? Or I'm I mean, just do, do you have like, rights to your story? Like, I'm not sure how it even works legally. I, I'm not even like going to take like this story, like get hit by a car and get in a coma and go through a pandemic. It's just, you know, being in a coma. <laughs> That's all I'm taking. Yeah. yeah it's like, abroad. <laughs> yeah. There's no like protective rights in this case, Chris. Like, if someone wants to write a movie about it, you know, it would it would only be that if like maybe let's say for instance he writes a book, it, it gets published, and someone wants to option those rights to, you know, tell that story. But they can obviously you know make changes to it depending on their contract agreement. But you know, someone could easily say it's a train accident instead of a car accident or whatever. And yeah, it's very similar to this guy's story, but it's it's an idea from someone else. So yeah, doesn't you know you don't really have rights i guess to your story that as it happens it's more about if you option a book or a magazine or you know whatever kind of a story that's you know published well, if, they, if they want to use your name like i think about solely Solenberger. when they did the movie it was important to say hey this is a solely story i mean that's sold and right now it's joseph flavel is a kid's name and you know i guess if you don't need to use his name like if you don't want to call the movie the joseph flavel story i guess you could steal it right yeah, I mean, if you change his name, fictionalize the the character, um, but you also have to remember too that the Sully movie was based off of a book too, so it oh. kind of, um, you know, that's it's always it's always important of where you get your the medium from, you know, in which you get. So in this case, it was a book, and you know, in this case, this kid, unless he writes a book or someone writes a book about his ten month life here, you know, someone could just steal his story, change his name, and. You know, no one would ever be the wiser. Man, what a rough world we live in. So, you know, you're going through the anguish and, and the story talks about the mom has been able to be close to her son and being a parent myself. I mean, that would be tough, you know, if you can't be close to your kid that's sick. But now you got to worry about writing that book really quick and making sure you trademark the name. Well, as soon Jeez. as we see a, as soon as we see a Joe, Joe, Joe flavor and death kid, we know. Yeah, I mean the mom said there like you know change his name to Joe Flavor or something and Death Kid's done. Yeah, know? the mom's probably sitting there in Britain going, "Oh crap, there's probably a podcaster in Ohio thinking <laughs> my story now." So the poor lady's like writing like crazy, you know. I mean, Brandon can write like a page a day. This lady's got pump out a three hundred word book, uh, a three hundred page book in like a night. I mean, yeah. poor lady's up all night, you know. You know, for for the name, if someone wants to write a book about the kid and use his name and have it be sort of in that vein, you know, they could they could always get a publisher to come in and sell their rights to their story, and then someone could come in write a book, and then you go from there where you can make a movie sort of like Sully where you can use main characters names and real life situations and really not, you don't have to fictionalize it unless you just want to for dramatic effects. So um, that would be, you know, his best option. If, if this is the direction this, this young man wants to go in. Right. No, no, what you're saying is completely correct. I, 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 I just want to, I want to point out that so far we're the Ohio podcast and so far we want a book. An Australian guest, uh, a British guest. Um, well, because we care about a crank Right, because it's stuff we care about. Uh, if we just talk about Ohio, I mean, we're, we're gonna like book the whole Anglo-Saxon sphere, aren't we? We've got to right. get someone from New Zealand and. Well, we're trying to expand the trying to expand the audience, you know. Well, it, and it's stuff that Ohioans are interesting. I mean, you know, we gotta do that because if not, I mean, we're limited. I mean, uh, I remember pitching this to a. 
a pop star's PR guy. And he's like, well, I'm not going to come on unless he's coming to Ohio. I'm like, no, people in Ohio buy your album. You know, even if you have nothing to do with Ohio, come on the show, you know, it'll be good. So, yeah, we're, you know, we're in Ohio. We're reading the story on usatoday.com. Brandon, who lives in Ohio, is trying to steal the poor guy's story. The poor guy's in a <laughs> coma for 10 months, and Brandon's here rubbing his hands together. He's got hey, dollars. He needs to get his powers somehow. Yeah. Gets into a coma, and during that coma, a virus uh, swept him, mysterious virus swept him, and he wakes up with death kid powers. Yeah. Poor yeah, mom. That's coming along. You know, these are this is like good a good brain brainstorming session for you. You can get that page per day goal, and you know we're giving you gold here. I mean, Death Kid is coming around very well. I feel like when you do, if you ever guys do read my book, you're going to just be disappointed because there's not going to be a mention, not one mention of a Death Kid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, going to be like a very vanilla, bland, like you know, it's like Rebecca would, of Sunnybrook Farm or you know some old school story, you know. You're gonna be like, I wanted a Marvel, I wanted a Marvel story, and I and I ended up giving yeah. you like Batman Begins or something. And <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with Batman Begins. I'll take a good origin story, a little dark, dark origin story. Death Kid. All right. <laughs> there. Was, oh, the virus also makes him death. There. Death, for, for, death, and he has death powers. Yeah. For the for those of you betting, if we could get through an hour without Death Kid reference, <laughs> you lost. I guess yeah, so. Man. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's lots better. of gambling this weekend on on our podcast and our topics, but hey, if you uh, bet uh, on no Deaf Kid discussion, you lost. But hey, at uh, least you came at the end of the hour. Fantasy Ohio got excited. Uh, the Fantasy Ohioan got excited when they yes. found out I was sick yesterday. They're like, oh, good. <laughs> I get points for no, no Death Kid references. Now. Well, the bang line went off. I mean, I had to report when you sent me that Facebook message that brand's not here, and the bang line just went down. Like, like it happens in football, where like if a star can't play, like bets get taken off the board because you know, everyone's going to bet the other way. But you know, yeah, so well, oh well. It's a want one shout out. It's the end of the week, big weekend. It's cold. We should stay inside. And while well, Craig and I are going to watch the Super Bowl, Brand's going to watch probably English Premier League games on YouTube or something. I, I have. <laughs> yes, and he'll, he'll come on for the weekend. He won't be excited about that, so I don't know. Anything else we want to shout out before we take off for the next one? All right. Well, hey, you guys survived another week. Check our sponsors, Chase Bank. They're all on links. Click on our links, sign up, uh, sign up for um, a bank account, attach a direct deposit. You get paid. If you're at the end of this hour going, oh, my gosh, what did I listen to? Why, why are we listening to Def Kid again? Well, go to Chase Bank, sign for an account, attach a direct deposit. You can say, man, I spent an hour listening to this, but now I'm 200 bucks richer. Because that's yeah. what Chase Bank's going to do for you. And then, hey, if you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast. We're on eight different places. Um, Spotify, um, you know, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts. Um, there's a Google Bytes podcast network. I mean, we're on everything. And we're on Twitch. Hey, if you're betting that we got through a show without mentioning Twitch, you lost that too. But, you know, sign for Twitch. It's pretty good. Craig, I got to ask you, I saw a C. Shalp that was following us on Twitch. You, you didn't just create that Twitch account. No, you? no, I've, I've had the Twitch. Um, okay. All right. your, your story the other day intrigued me so much. I felt I got to go watch this, you know, okay. talking about right. the, the issues you were having with the audio and 
and everything. So I thought, I got to go see this. It probably wasn't as bad as you thought, but, you know. So, yeah, I've been on Twitch. I didn't just create Twitch just then to follow the podcast. I, okay. I've had it. So, you know, when you, when you had mentioned it the other day, I thought, man, I got to go find this video just to see because I'm sure it wasn't as bad as you thought. And um, so, you know, well, yeah, I, I've had Twitch for a little bit. Now I'm going to be distracted at work today because all day I'm going to be checking my email for a notification about a decline follow. So I, I'll see how long it takes for Brandon to follow us on Twitch. That might take a while. I don't know. It might take a while. Yeah. yeah. Maybe um, I'll do a Twitch and uh, of a reading of my book. There. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Or at least the fictional good. Death the Kid one. Oh, boy. <laughs> or me writing right. about Death the Kid. Thanks for checking out the Ohio. I think we're better now. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you on Monday. Have a good one. Bye-bye.